they did not ask to be brought into the world, but into the world they came. Their code is a law unto themselves. Offend one, and you offend them all. <laughs> Look at me, Damien. It's all for you. That the power of Christ compels you. It's alive. It's alive. It's alive. Don't you blame the movies. Movies don't create psychos. What's blood for? If not for shooting. I'm your number one fan. We all go a little mad sometimes. Welcome back, all you creatures of the night, to the It Records podcast. Thanks for joining us. Our loyal listeners, longtime listeners, always appreciate it. I'm one of your hosts, Matt Johnson. Joined with by, uh, you know, Peter. We got Peter here. We got the Lindsay. The Lindsay is here. We got her. We, we got her on retainer. She's here, ready to go. Here we go again. Yes, very exciting. How much? How much are you you paying to have this? Because I don't think I've seen. They should be any coming to money. you in Manila envelopes in the mail. That's how I've been sending them for the past five years. So hopefully they're they're coming through. Well, you know the mail has been a little bit backed up. That's true. It's it's been a tough year. So if you haven't seen them, I'm sure they'll show up. I'm sure that is part of our policy. They'll they'll just show up. Did you address? Did you just put like my name and then stick it in the mailbox? And that you just like just you're like that's got that's got to make. Yeah, I just assumed that they would put an address (laughs) on it. If they knew, they know who I am. I put your name on. They know we're friends, so they they know where you live. Sort of a scenario. <laughs> yeah, they're they're fans of the podcast for sure. The U.S. <laughs> Postal Service is definitely a fan of the podcast. <laughs> they are. They definitely are. Yeah, but I'm glad you guys could make it. Thanks for uh, for coming back for another episode of uh, It Records. It's been a, it's been a minute. One miss it for the world. And this is a a new. Not really a new segment, but we have, we have been doing movies that we had done in the past, like coming out of the vault. Those are what we just did recently. We did a, a trio of those, but now we're kind of going back into our own picks, some of our favorites, what we want to do next. And I believe, Pete, you picked this week. Is that correct? You were the selector? I did. Yeah. You did. Well, I, I want to know what movie you picked. At least I know. I know what you picked, but uh, we can let everybody know. But first, I want to know, guys, what have you been watching, horror or otherwise? Welcome to the show. It's time to find out what the terrible trio have been watching. Or who has been watching them. Right, you heard the uh, the demon. Take it away, Pete. Pete, you can you can shoot at us first if you've been watching romantic comedies. I think was the list last time was the predominant genre you were watching. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like it's just been uh, usually a good. I try to give a good mix, but yeah, heavily because I haven't seen like a lot of romantic comedies, and Courtney's a big fan of them, so I've been trying to throw those in there. 
but I got quite a list for you this time. Do you have another list? Did you write them down? I have an app. Oh, is I this just, like mm, track what I watch? So technology. it makes it really easy. Yeah. Nice. Smart. Very smart. Yeah. All right. Hit us with I it. I watched the new Batman. I saw that in theaters. Really liked it. Turning Red. The movie we watched that is unnamed at the moment. Uh, <laughs> Best in Show. Spencer. Matchstick Men. Three Amigos. Running Scared. The Billy Crystal version. Uh, three Billboards Outside of Ebbing, Missouri. Hudson Hawk. 1917 bombshell and my best friend's wedding that's a little all over the place i know there were some romantic comedies in there but it's a eclectic yeah you got some oscar nominations in there some comedy just regular comedies in there it's a good mix yeah my brain is just adhd brain so it just watches whatever i want to watch <laughs> whatever comes up was there any horror in there i was trying to to no. pick it up besides the one we watched, besides the one for today. Yeah, the I've been pretty low on horror watching these days. I've been trying to watch What Lies Beneath for a while, but I've been mm. uh it's been hard convincing Courtney to get into the spirit. I think she's like in like more of a just a different vibe. She's not she's not wanting to be scared at the moment. It's spring. I could understand it's, that. We're getting close to summer. People are looking to, you know, laugh, maybe throw a horror comedy her way, potentially, and then ease maybe. into yeah. some, some horror. I could as well. I could watch it at any point. So that's, that's <laughs> <laughs> So that's Pete's Pete's list of movies. Lindsay, do you have any updates on what you've been watching? Horror or otherwise? You know it. Yes. I know that this is gonna seem out of character for me. I am currently watching The O.C. I never watched it when it was originally airing. We were 11 years old and arguably a little young for the show. I am obsessed with this show, okay? I don't usually watch shows by myself this fast, but it's been like three and a half weeks and I'm on season three. Season one was like TV gold and then... um. It all kind of goes downhill from there, <laughs> just like they say. But I am having a great time. I like, I mean, I it was something that I always kind of wanted to watch, um, just because it's in that genre that I love so much, the Beverly Hills inspired, you know, genre. But I didn't expect it to love it as much as I have. Um, it's great. And so that is uh, my main focus as of late. Okay, the OC. I don't know if I've ever watched it, an episode, but it that seems that'd be twenty plus years ago. If it was twenty eleven, that seems crazy. Okay, let's not <laughs> let's not date ourselves this much. It was nineteen years ago. Uh, my, my mistake. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> it's two thousand twenty two. So yeah, yeah, no, it, it has been almost twenty years, which is insane. oh wait, twenty eleven? Um, you said. No, unfortunately. Oh. It was 2003 oh, to 2007, so okay, it had okay. a very short run. Gotcha. In uh, retrospect, yeah. Um, wow. But yeah, I do remember, I don't know if you guys remember this, like you didn't even have to watch the show back then to know what was going on. Like, I know like that they kill off Misha Barton's character at the end of season three. 
You know what I remember? Whoa. (laughs) Spoiler alert. Sorry. 20 years later. Um, But, you know, like that was something that I remember backlash and like a lot of like controversial opinions about back then. Like people just hated that they did that. And then shortly, like that was like, I think that shows jump the shark moment. If there wasn't any before that, it was it was her death. And uh, shortly after, this show got canceled. So, round us out, Matt. Okay. I will round out the triangle of us, the trio. And uh, what have I been watching? In terms of horror, I just watched The Burbs recently with Tom Hanks. It's a Joe Dante film, horror comedy. Very good. Actually, a, a whole smorgasbord of horror comedies. I did Fright Night again, which we watched pretty recently. I watched Fright Night. Reanimator. Uh, which Pete loves. Let me tell you, <laughs> Pete loves Reanimator. Um, <laughs> I watched that one. Yeah, Amer- An American Werewolf in London and Young Frankenstein. So I watched several of those. Scream 5 made the list again. And X, I saw the new Ty West movie. I don't know if I said that in the last oh, one, but I watched that. How was theaters. that? I really liked it. I enjoyed it a lot. And it's going to be part of a trilogy. So X is like the middle film in a trilogy. So they already filmed the prequel. It's called Pearl. It'll be coming out, I believe, 2023, maybe even earlier. But it's part of a trilogy. And I enjoyed X very much. That's great. I'm glad. I feel like Ty West has been gone for a long time. I think I correct me if I'm wrong, listeners or you guys. House of the Devil was his last horror one. So that was like almost a decade ago. Was it Innkeepers yeah. after that? Was it the other way around? Was Innkeepers after Last House, thought, House of the Devil? I, I thought so. Whichever way it is, yeah. Those, it was like probably eight years from horror. But he did, I thought, a Western called like In the Valley of Violence. That's right. I forgot he did that. But not horror. So it's been, I thought, like eight years since he did a horror Oh, one. we're missing one. He did The Sacrament. The Sacrament. Okay. Gotcha. What year yeah, is that? Goes, when was that? Yeah. Sacrament is 2013. Okay. So yeah, eight or nine years since he did a horror one. And then In the Valley of Violence was 2016. So he's been gone for a while. Welcome back, Ty. I was so happy. Yeah. I went opening night. I was excited to see it and was very pleasantly not surprised. I mean, I, I've liked all of his movies, but it was good. It was a good one. So that's horror. I got arachnophobia on the list coming up to watch. Ooh, I next. Love, love that movie. And what else? Uh, I've been watching always sunny again as the podcast is now out the rewatches. So I'm watching some always sunny again and I'm trying out friends. I'm trying. I've never watched friends from start Ooh. to finish. So I'm doing it in order. So that's another show. I'm watching. I I did that a couple of years ago for like I was in the same boat where I never watched. I didn't watch Friends growing up because I was a Seinfeld kid, and then I watched it. Like, I want to say it was like four years ago. Yeah, as you know, we're both Seinfeld boys, but I've yeah, never I've seen are. enough Friends in syndication, but never like how do these actually chronologically pan out? Because I know I probably have seen like probably half the show, but just in out of order at some point. I think, I mean, that rounds out my, my viewing since the last time we talked and that can kind of roll us into 
the the movie for this week, which is Pete's selection. Pete, you can unveil this movie if you'd like your selection. Freaks. <laughs> <laughs> that's yes, that's correct. Freaks is the film. <laughs> 1932, right? 1932. That sounds right. Directed by Todd Browning. And this is an MGM picture. Directed a fuck ton of movies who I didn't even realize. Because I thought he kind of got... I thought he got blacklisted after this movie. Sorry, I'm dipping. I think that's right. I am dipping into um, trivia now. (laughs) That's okay. I do believe that's the case, though, because this movie was extremely controversial, it sounds like. Yes, and I didn't realize how big of a horror director he was before this movie, because I I know he did Dracula, but there's a lot of movies he did with, is it Lon Chaney, I want to say? like He did, like I think, like at least three movies with him. He was supposed to be in this one. Really? I didn't know that. He was originally cast... And then I think he was a cast for, uh, is it Frozo, who is the, like the clown, the, 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 like the love interest of Venus. Yeah. He's like one of the nicer ones. Oh, yeah. I see. Yes. Yes. Okay. Not Hercules or Cleopatra, but. The assholes. Yes. My God. <laughs> They're so awful. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Like truly the epitome of what I, you know what we think of a villain like they embody that cleopatra and hercules you're saying right yes great, great names yeah <laughs> yes but that's the only thing that's great about them really <laughs> the other names <laughs> <laughs> well it real quick before, before we kind of like get into the discussion if you've never heard of freaks it's 1932 directed by todd browning who did dracula it follows uh, trapeze artist Cleopatra. We just mentioned she learns that uh, circus performer Hans, uh, played by Harry Earls, uh, has inheritance. He's a prince of some sort. And she marries this man, all the while planning to steal his fortune and run off with her other lover, strongman Hercules, who we talked, played by Henry Victor. When Hans' friends and fellow performers discover this nefarious plan, what's going on, they band together and carry out a plan of brutal revenge that maybe leaves Hercules and Cleopatra known for what it truly means to be a freak. So that's the setup. We're at a, a carnival or a sideshow of sorts. That's where it really takes place in an hour runtime. One hour is all we got for this movie. So it's pretty quick. It's a quick movie. Yeah. It's weird. Cause like we were kind of talking about this off mic a little bit that this movie was heavily cut by honestly the producer of the movie. Because he viewed it as just too, like, hard to watch. And it, it's funny that that happened because this was pre-code Hollywood, which is, like, usually a time where movie directors got away with a lot. Right. And you're talking about the production code, right? Isn't that what you're referring to? Yes. And, and, like, the MPAA doesn't exist. Yeah. So you do a lot more. Even though they didn't do a crazy lot more, but... You could. You could still kind of see like the pre-code because like I feel like seeing Hercules and Cleopatra together in the same bedroom like in in 1932 I was thinking about I was like man that's like actually kind of crazy because like Mm. and I was like this has to be 
Because I didn't even think about it being pre-coded until like that moment. Now, that's a good point. And I'm, I am I play these in the background as we're watching. But there's this scene where she invites him into her wagon or her trailer or whatever it is. And they have the drink together. And she's like, do you want any eggs? To which she says, I'm not very hungry, but I'll take six. <laughs> but she, <laughs> she makes a line that really seems like innuendo that really seemed out of place in this movie where he he's asking about the eggs and she like opens up her robe a little bit and goes, how do you like them? Whatever. And then they start to kiss, which is generally like an invitation of some sort, which seems so out of place in a movie like this. Like, yeah, I don't think I caught that. And on my viewing, but that's, that is crazy to think about that because yeah, that's there a couple years later. Like, that wouldn't fly for years. <laughs> yeah, and that's not even like the most controversial thing about it. It was banned in like several countries. Um, no. It de- yeah, it definitely was. I think it's is banned for like for the most well, yeah, banned in countries, but for like thirty years until yeah. the sixties is where it really saw a resurgence during countercultural movement of the 60s where people started to appreciate it differently as like a cult favorite that's right. when like stuff kind of like was starting to calm down honestly because like i don't know if like because this was still before the mpaa in the 60s right that's like when i became to be was like mid 60s i want to say and i guess they get like movies at the time were still kind of following the guidelines set by the production code until like fucking Bonnie and Clyde. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's crazy to think for like 30 years they're following this code. Yeah. And then it kind of suddenly is like this long forgotten Hollywood classic as they say. And so, yeah, it's interesting, you know, when you know how it started, you know, and uh, how it's regarded now. Yeah, because it was seen as like a a critical bomb. It kind of ruined Browning's career. I thought Pete, you were saying that. But yeah, they even cut out X amount of minutes from the end because of, you know, choices. They wanted to change what they saw. And yeah, I guess a critical and box office bomb. But then also, I guess it was so reviling to people that it just was banned and put in the closet for 30 years. That this movie was right. kind of just shunned. Right, because I'm in the main reason for this, which we say it's because it was viewed as exploitative. Yeah, I mean, I, I would I would guess that's why they would at the time, especially, they were say it was exploitative and people I, I was reading said they were coming out of the, the theater sick or whatever from, from what they were seeing. <laughs> really? That's so dramatic, but okay. Yeah. I mean nineteen thirties, I guess, yeah. That's that's mm, the way they yeah. the way they took it, or I don't know. But I mean, that even translates to that. Not just watching on the film, and and just for the, for the listener, if you haven't seen this, this takes place at like a sideshow, but um, or carnival of some sort. But the main cast of characters, for the most part, were actually pulled from from real shows. So there's conjoined or the with the Siamese twin sisters, and there's the human torso person there's the the person who has no legs uh, just the arms and they're real people who are real side sideshows and carnivals that were cast in this film so it yeah. wasn't it wasn't 
actors in Hollywood. They were real people who were doing these types of jobs in real life. Mm-hmm. To, to that point, that those were the characters, and Todd Browning wanted that. The question to you guys I pose when you hear the movie Freaks, and that's that's the that's the title, and you've seen the the poster art. Is the movie you saw what you envisioned like this movie would play out to be? I had no idea what was coming. Yeah. <laughs> I definitely was a little bit more familiar with the movie. Um, like I saw like the infamous scene where like they're around the dinner table saying that they accept uh Cleopatra into like quote unquote like you're one of our you know, one of the freaks, right. you know. welcome her and she obviously like fucking just spits in their face and could not be any more cruel to them and yeah. just plays with is it Hans? Is that who Hans? Is that yes. who it is? Yeah. Make fucking just a complete asshole to such a nice man. <laughs> I know. It was so sad. Yeah. And yeah, because they just got married. The trapeze artist Cleopatra and then Hans who's is he run the circus, his character? I believe so. And let us not forget, did he not have a fiance before? And like that's kind of just Oh wait, yeah, you were right. a No, yeah. no, you're right. Yeah. It was a fiance. And he just kind of dipped and like he went dipped to hardcore. Yeah. And like so yeah, I felt very sympathetic toward that character, Frida, I believe was her name. Yeah, I was like Hans, baby. What, what are you doing? doing? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I wasn't expecting him to like that was going to be the main plot that he was going to marry her. Um I right. thought she was going to be a terrible person which played out to be true. But to that point where like I f- I felt bad for Frida as well when he left her for Cleopatra and they got married. But I would say like the first 20 minutes of the movie which is, you know, a fifth of it because this is an hour long movie. <laughs> it's really it's just kind of like setting up the inner workings or behind the curtain, if you will, of if you went to one of these carnivals and it's like them going to their, their trailers slash wagons where they stay and interacting with each other. And you're, you're meeting all these performers and how they engage with one another. And yeah, I mean, you really start to learn they're just kind of like normal people and how they talk. Like you're, you're one of them gives birth. One of them is getting engaged. You're learning about Hans and Frida. It's like little vignettes of like, their life yes yeah yes i really kind of sorry go ahead Lindsay. no i I agree that's the word i was looking for i was gonna say it jumps around from person to person and plot to plot yes that's the word i was looking for yeah and i really enjoyed that i I didn't expect that coming in i guess i didn't know at all what the plot would be but it was it was i don't know refreshing to kind of get that that interaction where at that point, this movie really seems just kind of like a, a drama. I mean, not horror at all. It just kind of seems right. like a, like water for elephants. Almost. I mean, it's just taking place in a circus environment or a carnival environment. And you're meeting the people. 
I actually expected the movie to be more exploitative. Well, I said that word so incorrectly, but you know what I'm saying? Because <laughs> uh, yeah. I was under the impression like that it was so controversial and that it was banned. And I expected them, the Todd Browning, to be more cruel towards like the sideshow actors just because I mean, people already are that way now, but it, I just expected it more from 1932. And I feel like it wasn't as bad as I was expecting. Like, I like, cause he just presents them in a very human way. And then like you have two characters that treat them like garbage, but then you have two also like other performers that are not a part of the freak. I feel wrong for saying that, but, <laughs> but like the, the sideshow act, I guess I treat them very nicely. Yeah. And I think to, to that point, Todd Browning, he, he worked in a carnival growing up. I heard he, he joined when he was 16. And so he, yeah, had he met ran people away. Like this. Yeah. That. I saw that when I was like reading about him. I was like, that's fucking crazy. <laughs> yeah. So he, he had met people like this growing up and what he wanted to do with this movie in some of my research was he kind of got free reign after Dracula, which came out a year prior. The studio said, make a movie and he could kind of have creative license to do what he wanted. And he was really trying to make a movie that was the first half of this film, which was like just kind of showing these individuals and you know how they're, they're just kind of, normal humans and interactions and they have similar relationships to all of us, but you judge them differently based on appearances and and so forth. But the studio kind of got involved and said, you got to make it scarier. You got to make it more of a horror. And that's why he gets, you know, the ending is changed up a bit Ah. from what he wanted. Um, And some of the stuff's even cut out, but I think his intention originally was not really to go full horror, but to, uh, to show these people in, in their daily lives. And do you think it was, sorry, just like, I was like looking up this, the movies that Lon Chaney and Todd Browning did, did together. And to see in a picture of Todd Browning, he looks so intense, <laughs> just like an angry, That's I gotta see. just an angry man. <laughs> maybe, maybe he was, or maybe those old timey photos just didn't capture. I think it's just the old timey because Lon Chaney yeah. also looks like he's, very pissed off (laughs) well have you guys ever i think it's the documentary called they will remain i don't know if that's right or not but it's the one that peter jackson did that was about the world war one footage oh the yes i know exactly where is that they would never grow old i thought that is it you're correct they we will not grow old yes but that does a great job of like taking old photos that like you're because it's not in color or sometimes it's not moving footage that you disassociate it with like yourself, but watching that in color and like bringing in sound as well really changes my perspective of like some of that footage and the people in world war one, it just really humanizes them a lot more than some of those old photos do. Yeah. It's weird. And there's a colorized version of this movie. Sorry. There, or you can see footage oh. of it. Like I didn't, if you that. Google it, people have colorized yeah. some of the film and that's really interesting to look at. Yeah. This is black and white, FYI. Didn't say that, but yeah, 1932. <laughs> it's weird how black and white kind of has that effect on people. 
I wonder why. Cause I wonder if it just like further removes people. I wonder if that has something to do with it. Because for the most part, we don't see black and white. Like just in, I mean, day to day, you're not seeing things in that color per se. So it just kind of makes it seem like it's in a fantasy world, maybe a little bit. Um, yeah. Where once you see it in color, it just seems like it could be in a different room. I don't know. That's you're, like, one. you're like, oh shit. Yeah. I think that makes sense. I think that's a good, that's a good read on it. But Todd, Todd Browning, he did this. This is actually based on a book called Spurs or some sort of screenplay, which I was intrigued by, but this isn't the first time the actor who plays Hans, uh, I should know his name, but uh, he was in a movie prior to this with Todd Browning called the unholy three, I believe it was called. And he actually brought the script to Todd Browning to make this movie. That's how this came about being made as well. I will say that, you know, we kind of feel, at least I felt this way, that it feels like a lot is missing and you're just like everyday life and, you know, like the marriage and then like fucking then shit goes down. Like we haven't even talked about that part yet. Like, yeah, go like, ahead. It like, um, she's trying to like poison him the day of the wedding. Right. And he survives, and then, like, uh, like his friends, like, figure it out, and then he, like, you know, tries to get his revenge on her, and then it's, like, during, like, a really bad storm, shit goes down for sure. We could talk about that a little bit more. Yeah, I, I think the movie really, this first half hour, even, is really just kind of getting to know the cast of characters within the carnival going to like their these vignettes, as you said, learning the relationships and so forth. And then the inciting incident is that marriage between Hans, who is the owner of the circus with Cleopatra, the lead trapeze artist. And so that's the wedding. And you talked about that, where the, the freaks are saying you are one of us and so forth. That really is the catalyst for the rest of the movie because Cleopatra has the, the inception. She learns he Hans has a fortune and her and Hercules, who's the strong man, plot to poison him with liquor, putting poison in liquor to kill him and then inherit the fortune because now they're married, which is super diabolical. Right. And so, like, she gets, like, super drunk at that, like, dinner feast thing and then, like, outs herself, like, with having her affair with, like, dude. And then, like, yeah, it, 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 it's not a good look. And Hans, you know, kind of figures things out. Yeah, that, that scene really made me sad because it was like a celebration. Like everybody seemed like they were having a good time. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. And then they were ready to accept her. Yeah, and then Hercules and Cleopatra get drunk, kiss in front of Hans, and he's like so embarrassed that he's like being played for a fool. And then she like they pick him up and put him on her shoulders, yeah. and like parade him around. And I felt so like sad and like in that moment secondhand humiliation yeah yeah Yeah, exactly and then she's trying to apologize right after that isn't he like crying too like while it's happening so he's visibly upset yeah it just like makes it like even more crushing yeah and she was like oh i was just drunk and it was a joke later on her and hercules trying to like make make up yeah what 
I yeah. audibly like gasped when <laughs> she said that. I was like, "How dare you!" <laughs> the audacity. I was like, that is so mean. I was like, "That is so mean." And then he passes out, and then he passes out, and one of his friends, I think it's Johnny Eck, the actor. I'm not looking in front of it, but I think that's his name. He's the one who's, who's like looking in the window, who sees Hans pass out, and that's where he starts to learn that Hercules and yep, yeah. Mm-hmm. they're doing something to Hans. Which she says in the next scene, because she doesn't kill Hans, he wakes up and a doctor comes and immediately lets them know, hey, he was poisoned. This doctor has got it. It was poison. And she says, so I was right to give him mustard water? Right? Isn't that what she says? <laughs> yeah. Do you guys know what mustard yes, water the is? the miracle healing cure. I had no idea. I have no idea either. <laughs> If you're ever, yeah, you know, poison, put some, I don't know if it's literally mustard and water, but it saved Han's life in this movie. <laughs> it saved his life. To, For what it's worth. From the person who was trying to kill him. So, you know, take it with a grain of salt. <laughs> <laughs> like, she's not absolved of all of her sins. But yeah, I think from there, it kind of rapidly starts to conclude because they leave. It does. They start to leave the actual area and like they're it's that thunderstorm yeah. right where it's like raining out and they're they're moving now yeah it's 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 interesting that, that it's like not on a train like i yeah. kind of like expected like a train to like take the carts and go but like they're just like horse and wagon like everyone's like living facilities is just being dragged by horses and i was like that's really interesting <laughs> that this is how they live like the final act of the movie like that's the last like 15 minutes of like of like them taking revenge on both hercules but well, first hercules is like going after to kill what's her name for some fucking reason i actually don't even know why he was trying to kill her she was in on their I think she had gotten wise to the plan Hercules and Cleopatra were doing. One of, one of them okay. told them, and she confronted him for a second. She's like, you better stop Cleopatra or something from doing what she's doing. She she said something to him in public, so she kind of threatened him. So he was aware that she was aware. She knows too much. Yeah, you want to take on the rest of the explanation of what's happening? Because I don't know if I can explain it all the way. Yeah, in like some really great editing. Um, I loved it because, you know, they didn't have the tools we have now, but like to make it seem like once they're in the carriage and Frozo, who is the a good the good guy to Venus, the her, their love. He's, he's just a nice nice guy. He sees Hercules breaking into her wagon and jumps in and it's moving and they just like speed up the film. Where like to make it seem like it's like moving like inside the actual wagon, which I love because it's super thirties like film technique to to make it seem like it's really jostling around, it's like vaudeville style. But they're fighting one one v one, and jump cut to Cleopatra's wagon where she's trying to poison Hans again, but some of his buddies are sitting in there, and real gangster style, they one pulls out a knife, one yeah. pulls out his gun, and is like, "We know what you're up to." Like, we know you're trying to kill Hans. And Hans calls her out. Hans says, hey, give me that little black bottle. I saw you. Give me the black bottle you've been using. 
to which there's a scuffle and Cleopatra is able no the scuffle happens and they knock over the wagon it crashes so they have to exit out in the rain in the lightning very horror-esque very I got Frankenstein vibes from that shot and like climbing in the mud yeah yes and and she's out in the mud and Hercules and Frozo are now kicked out in the mud and we start to see all of the other uh carnival uh, characters and friends like crawling underneath the wagons that have been knocked over and they're they're lurching towards Cleopatra and Hercules. Now that's a good like cinematic moment for this movie because I feel like you're like okay this is the scene that probably scared the shit out of people. <laughs> yeah, this is like the high payoff scene. Definitely is that scariest scene and even like prior to this they they give you like a foreshadow of once they all the characters know that Cleopatra and Hercules are doing this to Hans. They're like you, underneath the carriage. Yeah. Yeah. You see him in like the stairs and stuff. Yeah. That was a really cool shot. Yeah. Yeah. They're like watching them and following them like underneath. Yeah. That was cool. <laughs> yeah. So, so it foreshadows his climactic attack on Cleopatra and Hercules, which I guess they showed more of in the original cut because at the end of this movie we we it just cuts away you, i think you get a scream from cleopatra and it cuts away to another show that we were yeah it was like the beginning of the movie that they yes. talk about like yeah. how she became to be and like you find out that like they like totally mutilate her and somehow she's like chicken lady like i i don't even know like uh, or, yeah. duck, or a duck uh, is i don't even know what they did I think you're <laughs> like, onto something about duck yeah i, I want to say that was the intent yeah i thought duck i don't know if it was because she was like supposed to be the most beautiful woman and now she's like an ugly duckling sort of a thing if, mm, if that's yeah, what they're going I for i think that's what it is but then i'm also that makes me more confused about the ending which you can continue on but the message of the ending <laughs> Well, it's funny because like I watched it on HBO Max. Is that how you how you guys watched it? I so did. That, yes. like that additional. So like, and then it cuts away to Hans and like his mansion. That's actually not a part of the original theatrical release. It's an alternate <clears throat> scene that is so for some reason added. I think it's like I think it was like recently discovered. Like it's like the most recently discovered lost scene. And I think that's why you could kind of tell the quality is a little less in this scene too. And he just like, you could, he's very regretful of like the violence that what happened. And this is like an alternate ending to like okay. the movie. And he reunites with the Frida. Good thing. Yes. Yes. I was going to say there is that reuniting with Frida. That's the one good thing about it. Um, Frozo and Venus are the ones that kind of like push past the guard or whatever. He's like, I don't see anyone, never. And then like they bring her and like things are okay or they will be okay is the vibe that you get once they're back together. I'm not sure how much time has was meant to have passed between, um, you know, that point and then the end of the movie though. I feel like it's probably like a year because just okay. like. That's. I mean, I don't know, but it's just that's just my guess because like, it is still feels very fresh for everybody and like, and yeah. um the two, like the clown and I always forget their fucking name. Frozo and like Venus. Yeah, thank you. They're like a, they're like a legitimate couple now. So like, yeah, 
I feel like yeah, a like, year or so would make sense. That yeah, it just makes sense to me. That's that's where this movie concludes. Um, but there was like twenty minutes more, right? Did you guys read into that at all? Like how they like they cut from this movie? Yeah, that's yeah. they cut it a lot. I think it, you're right. It's like about twenty or so minutes. And that was due to poor reaction initially, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Because it was, what was it? Uh, I think you actually see, I mean, to whatever you could do in the day, some mutilation of Cleopatra, but also of Hercules, because we don't see anything of Hercules after they kind of start crawling towards him, but apparently in this uncut ending, which is lost to the sands of time, he was uh, castrated. Yeah, I read that. Yes. And I was like, what the hell? <laughs> yeah. And he's singing like yeah, falsetto like at the end. And that's how that concludes for him. Very different dark ending than what was seen. That is, that's brave. I don't know, like just to, to, just to go for it at that time, I'm like, damn, you had some guts doing that. <laughs> yeah, and then we're kind of talking about the ending wrapping up here it kind of i don't know how to feel about the ending so much i have like two two interpretations and i love your guys's feedback is essentially at the end cleopatra is now seen as like i guess instead of the beautiful woman but like a sideshow character as this duck hat with like a gouged out eye is she supposed to be seen as like a, a punishment like for what she did because or now is she one of us because she's another type of character that people are now aghast at seeing, which seems kind of conf- a conflicting message of the movie. I kind of actually feel like it's more of the second one. Okay. Because they, she was so against being one of them and scoffed at being one of them. So they like forced her to become one of them. And I, f- and like, that's her humiliation. That's that's I that's just my take from what you just said. <laughs> no, yeah, I was just curious. Yeah. So she's humiliated by it, but they who did it to her aren't necessarily, I guess, they're not humiliated by her at all. She's just one of them. Right. Now. So yeah, but, but she personally right, is humiliated that's by what it. They know. Yeah. It's her personal struggle. Okay. Yeah, yeah that's, that's that's what better, yeah. that's what they strive from more is that she is getting her just desserts for how she treated them. What do you think? I think that's, that's part of it, but I, I also just kind of like, I think the horror element of it all, cause we were talking about prior, it kind of seems like a drama up until this point, but I think one of the horrors is, you know, that we all have potentially these, you know, darker human sides to us, regardless of who we are, if we're, you know, who we see as normal. Like Cleopatra and Hercules are terrible people in this. They're monstrous. They're horrific in their intentions the whole time. And the people who you think are going to be terrible by the way they look are generally the more down to earth, caring people. But when push comes to shove, when you're trying to kill one of them, you know, for malicious they purposes, will become, they will become monsters. Yeah. But it's just it's showing that's within all of us to become these yeah. monsters. One being you're trying to kill somebody and the other one being you're you're greedy like in that one's that one's more selfish than just trying to protect someone you love or care about but in the end we can all be monsters in some way or another but if you guys don't have anything else to add about the movie we kind of roll into 
trivia at this point. Well, without further ado, this is just a quick tidbit, but this movie was also released. At, it has like three other names. Also released as The Monster Story, uh, Forbidden Love, and Nature's Mistakes. I don't know. And I, that like that one hurts, especially the last one, Nature's Mistakes. Like, damn, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, that's pretty mean. That's hard. Harsh. Like, yeah. Forbidden Love seems rough, too. Like... I mean, nature's mistakes them, is the actually. worst. Mon- Monster story yeah. is that the first one? Well, that's yeah. messed up. Yeah, I'm like, actually, wait, I have a problem with all of these. <laughs> um, yeah, but yeah, that was just a quick thing. But um, yeah, so there is a lot of trivia on this movie. Um, so those of you out there that are interested, I encourage you to look it up because there is a lot. But I just wanted to keep it a little bit briefer for the sake of time. Um, the actors who played Hans and Frida, they were brother and sister, actually. So their names were Harry and Daisy Earls. And they, you know, as IMD put it, they went to great lengths to subdue kind of, um, the, you know, the whole fiance thing being depicted in the movie for obvious reasons. So um, that was interesting to me that they were actually in real life siblings. So, yeah. Yeah, I didn't know that until after, like, doing some right, research either. as well. But there, there wasn't like in 1932, there wasn't any scenes with like Hercules and Cleo where they're like kissing or anything like that. It was more of like they were just in love and they were engaged and it seemed more. I wouldn't have thought it watching it or like now that I knew I wasn't like, oh, now that I know that that scene was terrible, yeah. that they were an engaged couple or anything like that. Right, that probably was weird for them. Oh, sure, yeah. But hey, (laughs) a job's a job. Um, (laughs) um, So we kind of touched on this a little bit already, but um, again, this movie was viewed as exploitative, you know, due to kind of the subject matter, the freaks, as they're called. In the United States, this movie was banned in a bunch of different states and cities. And even though like these are no longer enforced anywhere, it apparently some of the laws were never really officially like repealed. So um therefore it is still technically illegal for to show this movie in some areas of the US. I don't know which ones. You don't know. You may not know that you're committing a crime, you know, because I don't know where they are, where this is at. It's totally going to the South. (laughs) That would be my first guess as well. But yeah, so I just thought that was kind of interesting. Like you could be breaking the law and not knowing it. So if you want to be cool, buy freaks and show it to people. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. And then just lastly, we kind of touched on this as well, but anyway, so the director, Todd Browning, and I did not know that he uh, directed Dracula. So like, okay, you know, he had kind of, you know, that's a horror classic, you know, no one can really dispute that. But unfortunately, after this movie, it appears that his career never really, you know, he didn't really do that much after this movie. I don't think after you know, how badly things went with the release of this movie at the time. I guess there's the Devil Doll in 1936. Have either of you heard of that or seen it? I have not. I have not either. Yeah, no. He did do that, like, th- four years later, um, like I said, 1936. But um, it really wasn't that great, apparently. So then he actually ended up retiring at the end of that decade. Um, and... 
this is really sad. Like, spent the rest of his life in seclusion. That is really so, sad. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, so, I mean, it, there, like I said, like, I read, too, that there was, um, you know, like, behind the scenes that some of the actors that are, you know, a lot of them were not even allowed to eat lunch with everybody else on the crew or whatever it was uh, while it, the film was in production. Like, they were treating them badly as well, if I'm not mistaken. I did read that. I saw that so. as well, yeah. They, like... Okay. They had like a tent outside. They're not crazy. Like for lunch and stuff. Yes. Oh yes. my god. Pieces of shit. Yeah. But like even to your Todd Browning point, where like I th- I don't really know anything after this and Dracula was nineteen thirty one. It's just a shame that that stuff happens because it's like considered repulsive or exploitive or at the time and then it like ruins his career, which I think I I don't think I like this more than Dracula freaks. And his career is over. We don't. We'll never get anything else from him to that magnitude because they took away a lot of his creative license that he had. It's like the same thing with like Michael Powell. Is his name? Who did Peeping Tom in 1960? Oh, yeah, because he shot That's so good. It's such a good movie. It's brilliant, and it's like because it, it shot a serial killer through like, and he had his camera. He was, and it was like POV, which is what Halloween will do. What um, 17 years later, and the crowning achievement as a slasher film. He barely worked again. It was like critically reviled when it came out in 1960. So just ahead of, ahead yeah. of their time, and I guess, you know, in terms of. Yeah, and that, exactly. You have to wonder, like, OK, if this had taken place 30 years later, um, you know, would it has, have still evolved into that kind of reception that later on? I uh, I forget what I was going to say, but yeah. You do have to one. Oh, I know what I was going to say. Apparently, this movie is very highly rated on Rotten Tomatoes these days. It is. So, yeah. yes. That's quite the stark contrast from uh, being banned in several countries for decades. Uh, one one piece of trivia that I, I wanted to get in before we kind of move on to like defending or destroying is uh, Hans Earl. Or is that it? No. Harry Earls plays Hans. That's his name. He was also a a munchkin in the Lollipop Guild in The Wizard of ah. Oz. Okay. So he uh, plays a lead role in this, but he is in, what, seven years later, Wizard of Oz as the Lollipop Guild. Like one of the biggest movies of all time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, see, in that, he, but in that movie, he, plays, he has to play a munchkin, you know? And it's like, in this one, he's just playing a man. Like, he just gets to play yeah, himself. Yeah, like... Yeah. So he gets, yeah, unfortunately he gets stuck in roles that he can't get out of because just of the time. Well, we talked about it being really high on Rotten Tomatoes now, but did you guys know of any uh, remakes or sequels of this movie? Have not heard anything or seen anything. I've heard that they like want to remake it, but there like is nothing that's like come into fruition yet. And I feel like they've been trying for like a really long time, I think. I read somewhere. Yeah, I've read, I've never seen these, but there's a movie called She Freak and Freak Show that are not like remakes or anything, but are supposed to be some sort of like inspiration or or spiritual sequels. Yeah, of Freaks 1932. And of course, American Horror Story, Freak Show, but season four, that has to have had some inspiration from this movie i could only assume 
Well, that's where Freaks 1932 stands. Guys, I think we can roll right into our, our titular, not titular, that's the wrong word for it, but we, our, uh, <laughs> our famous segment, Defend or Destroy. We've reached the conclusion of the podcast. Congratulations on making it all the way. You have one final challenge. The terrible trio will decide whether this movie passes the test. Choose wisely. Defend or destroy. Alright Pete, choose wisely. This is your pick, so you get to defend or destroy first. I'm going to say this movie is not one that is defend for me. I destroy it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I worded it. I was wondering weird. where you're going with that. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to be clever and I confused myself. <laughs> uh, yeah. I think, like, like you said, you like it more and than dracula and i agree with you on that because i don't like dracula that much but for me since it's so disjointed not to the fault of todd browning you know that's the producer's fault i think it just i need more from it and i it just i think that's that's it really it for me that it just felt so incomplete that I have to destroy it, I think is kind of how it boils down to. And you think that's like the ending? Like it feels incomplete based on the way they ended it? <sighs> really the whole thing. Like it just along like, the way. Yeah, like along the way, like I feel like there's more to be said with like the stories that they probably probably went more into and the fall of like you know, like before like the big conclusion, I feel like there's there probably was more there. Okay. No, that's fair. Yeah. Makes sense. And we know there's 20 minutes out there somewhere that. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a lot of time in a for movie. an hour long movie. Yeah. That's a long, that's a lot of time. Yeah, basically a quarter of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I'll, I'll go next because it'll leave Lindsay with the deciding factor. Cause I'm going to defend freaks. I'm going to defend freaks. Uh, I really enjoyed it. You know, it's my first time seeing it and it wasn't what I expected. I kind of see it was 1932. I kind of expected it to be super exploitative and it was going to be like a, a sideshow. And like these people were the monsters the whole time. And I was pleasantly surprised. Like the first part of the movie was just like getting to know these people and their, their interactions. And I really, I started to care for them. And then once it gets down to it, it really starts to be a message of like, you know, the, monsters with these nefarious uh goals and they're they're monsters in of themselves but then the people that we've been following they become monsters as well which is another human quality but it's because bent out of revenge so we can all you know tip the scales and become these evil people that you know to get the 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 ends that we want to get it doesn't matter you know where we come from or what we what we look like in the end we're all we all share the same human quality so i was pleasantly surprised by it so I'm going to defend it. And because I really like Dracula and this one tipped the scale on Dracula. So I, I got to give it a defend. <laughs> okay. So one defend and one destroy. Balance okay. must be broken. <laughs> Balance will be broken. Um, <laughs> however, 
I don't really know what to say. Uh, I don't know how I feel about this, really. I, I guess, actually, no, that's not true. I did not enjoy it. Um, <laughs> I can understand it being controversial, especially in that time. And, you know, now, supposedly, it's viewed as, like, being more sympathetic toward the characters. I don't know which is true. I think it really just depends on what the filmmaker's intent was. They're the ones that would know. But again, kind of knowing some of the stuff behind the scenes too leans me more in one direction. I don't like that. Um, You know, I get why people may like it, um, especially, you know, the themes of what can happen, you know, in this case, very literally when you let greed and selfishness get the best of you. Um, But I think I'm going to have to go against the modern day grain here and destroy. I just, I just didn't. It's not for me. So we got two destroys and a defend for Freaks 1932. Now we just need to go watch Dracula and see where that holds up. <laughs> I was going to say, and now we need to go watch Freaks and Geeks. Oh, and, I'm down uh, for that. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love Freaks and Geeks. But I'm down for Dracula too. Because, you know, the horror podcast. Yeah, we can compare Todd Browning's works back to back years and see. Which one we like more. But I think that, that'll kind of round it out. That'll conclude this week's episode on Freaks. If you're looking to watch it, I know for sure it's on HBO Max. I'm sure you could find it other places as well. Fingers crossed if you're looking to watch it. Uh, but in the meantime, uh, get us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, our website. We'd love hearing from you guys. Uh, your thoughts, mini episode ideas, movies you want us to do, different themed episodes that you'd like us to do. We always appreciate hearing from you guys. But until next time, I am Matt Johnson, and I will remain in the shadows of the carnival tents. You don't remain at the dinner table pounding your fists and drinking alcohol? Goobble gobble, goobble gobble. Yeah. There's no, there's no shadows there. Us? There's no shadows on the top of the table. I'm in the light. I guess so. Fair. Sure.